Amanda and Baron, and we are back from our break, and you are listening to KSLM Radio on 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. I wanted to see what type of voices I could use. (laughs) Um, So this second half, we have our new sponsor. We shouted her out last week, and we had her on, I think, two weeks ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is Marianne McNally, and she's absolutely amazing. She is with Next Home Realty Connections. She is a broker slash realtor. Um, If you have any questions on if you're buying a home, selling a home, not sure where to start, all of that good stuff, she is absolutely amazing. And they just moved here to Salem. They have a few offices in other places and just opened up their Salem branch. So super exciting. And I'm so thankful for her for sponsoring this whole second half um, she is a part of the Breast Friends She's Association. She's our, our local contact here, Sam, and in her second fight with cancer. Yeah. Oh, it, she's currently in it. So. Yeah, it's moved to her bones. Yeah. Oh. It's in her bones. So huge shout out to her. Um, make sure you guys show her your love and support if you need a broker or realtor. Um, her number is 503-213-3553. Three five five zero, and again, even if you're just not sure where to start or if you have questions, Marianne is she's the true expert, and she has a heart of gold. Let me tell you guys, this woman is absolutely amazing. I actually had the honor of meeting her. Um, she's a few podcasts back. If you want to listen to her story, um, she's amazing. So and her definitely sto- show her your love. There was something you said. During our interview, and it's actually the title of that podcast. It's called Fight the Good Fight. Mm-hmm. Something you said to her right at the end. I thought it was a good title for that podcast. Okay. I love it. So as you're looking back on the podcast, look for the one that says Fight the Good Fight, and that's Marianne. Yep. And again, she is with Next Home Realty Connections. Okay, so we were gonna we we were getting into some juicy information here. Will you kind of backtrack us a little bit? And Can re- you handle it twice? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna sure try. Well, as we were on break, I was digging in a little bit more to what Carolyn was saying in this one section, mm-hmm. and she's talking about the food systems and what have happened to the food systems. Right. Again, this whole book is about thinking and eating smart. Right. Right. So she actually says traditional food systems are increasingly being replaced by now when I say traditional that would be you know grow your own fruits and vegetables um, true bread not processed bread right that's your traditional food systems they're being replaced by preserved processed and packaged mm-hmm. Western foods that already flood our eating establishments now for example, you can readily find soda, chips, cakes, cookies, breakfast, cereals, and candy in small convenience stores in the African villages, Guatemalan towns, and Asian cities. So there was something that either you said it or Marianne, I can't remember who, but one of you said that their wealth is more important than our health. That was me. That and was you. I feel like that's really true with all of the information that you've brought and shared over all of our shows. I feel like it comes down to in the pharmaceutical companies, the the, the food, food industry, the food everything with these people is it comes down to their wealth is more important than our health. health. And we, we talked several episodes back about the cancer rates in certain countries. And I think the countries that haven't been exposed mm-hmm. to Western processed food – but she says that you can find them in convenience stores, 7-Eleven type stores in African villages and Guatemalan towns. Wow. And what do they bring in? 
processed foods. Mm -hmm. And so now she says, is it any wonder that soft drinks are more readily available than clean water in many public schools in California? Really? California. Soft drinks are easier to get your hands on in the schools than water. That's crazy. wealth is more important than kids' health. Yeah, absolutely. And you know those... The schools, I'm sure, get a cut of... Oh, I'm sure they do. They get a percentage or like a commission or of some sort. If you have a school sort. district with 10... Look at how big Salem School District is. Mm-hmm. If Pepsi walks in and says, hey, you know what? If you put Pepsi machines in every single high school, every single middle school, you know the school district's getting something. Yeah, we'll put them in free of charge and, and you get a quarter for every dollar or Whatever something like that. Or Whatever 10 cents for every soda that's sold. They're going to jump on it because that's a, a money maker for them. A lot of people hmm. will put... Like their wealth over Mm -hmm. others' health. Well, the last thing she says in here, she says, in fact, emerging nations, so we think about first world nations, second world, third world countries, these emerging nations, the ones that are becoming more first world, have a 30% higher rate of obesity than developed nations. Oh, wow. So the U.S. is a developed nation. Yep. And then you've got spots in Africa that are emerging nations Mm -hmm. or South South America they have a 30% higher rate of obesity than the developed nations and are particularly at risk of diet-related illnesses since malnutrition early in life contribute to increased risk of obesity. Wow. That's... It's, it's, and earlier, you know, I had said that, that we as a nation, we are now the most overweight, malnourished nation. Mm-hmm. I had heard about a report... And only because you keep encouraging me not to let grass grow, <laughs> I found the report. Okay. And if the listeners want to call, I'm going to leave this report with you. Okay, perfect. This is a report from the World Health Organization. Okay. This report was done in 2014. Okay. So Now, now it takes a while to get a report put together. Right, 100%. Right? You don't just put a report out at a world level. Right. So this report was probably started at like... 2009 or right. whatever. Yeah. But in 2014, so eight, nine years ago, the very first sentence, and I want to read this because it's so critical. The new World Health Organization guideline recommends adults and children reduce their daily intake of free sugars to less than 10%, 10% of your total energy intake. Okay. We had a show sometime back that said the average the average American now thirty eight percent of our diet is sugar. Oh my goodness! Remember that episode we talked about? Yes. That? I... <laughs> so 38%. the average the average American is now, and I know that you and I aren't average Americans, right? So someone's consuming fifty percent, right? But even more than that, that's their like av- <laughs> average sugar <laughs> intake. But their recommendation was ten percent. Okay. At a further recommendation to below 5% or roughly six teaspoons per day. And how many teasspoons are in a soda pop? Well, you Mountain and I Dew? talked about Mountain Dew having 77 grams, which is 15, 18, 18. So three times your recommended is in one Mountain Dew with no nutritional value. One. Just one Mountain Dew. You're getting three times the amount of sugar that they recommend. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. Well, the, the guy that they're, they're referencing here, um, he is the director of the World Health Organization Department of Nutrition for Health and Development. Okay. So he's like the head dog, right? Right. Quote, 
we have solid evidence that keeps intake of free sugars to less than 10%. Solid evidence. 10% of your total energy intake reduces the risk of overweight, obesity, and tooth decay. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the report kind of goes into all of those. Making policy changes to support this will be key for countries. So we're recommending the entire world. Right are to live up to these commitments to reduce the burden of non-communicable diseases. Well, and you take away, it doesn't, taking away the sugar would, it's not just obesity and all that, it's diabetes, and it's so many other things that it helps and contributes to as well. Things we talked about in the first half of the show. Yeah. And he does mention in here that um, does not refer to sugars as fresh fruits vegetables. We talked about the fact that it's glucose and fructose. Different, different story. Right. We're talking about actual processed sugar right like candy bars and soda pops exactly. and things like that he says much of the sugars consumed today are hidden mm-hmm. in processed foods for example one teaspoon of ketchup contains four grams of sugar what one tea one i'm sorry one tablespoon of ketchup has one teaspoon of sugar in it wow one tablespoon of ketchup has one teaspoon of sugar in it it's hidden in our food that one shocked me you know how much ketchup I eat with my fries? I am constantly looking at ketchup now going, is there sugar in this ketchup or not? Yeah. I think, I like that you bring stuff to this to light because like you said, it's hidden. Yeah. You don't, I mean, if you, I'm sure if you turn and look at the label, but how many people are, I'm not looking at ketchup and being like, oh, that's loaded with sugar. I didn't until I started reading this stuff. Right. Now I look at the ketchup all the time. You're like, oh gosh, get that away. Yeah. And there is, and by the way, there is ketchup out there that doesn't have sugar in it. Right. Exactly. But they're hiding it and you're not knowing it. Mm-hmm. And sugar has an addictive quality. We talked about that too. Yes, right? it does. Worldwide, intake of free sugars varies by age and settings. In Europe, intake of adults range from 7 to 8%. Okay. Like Hungary and Norway is up to 16 and 17%. Oh, wow. So Europe is varied. Yeah. And this is some years ago. But it does say that Denmark um, and Sweden is nearly 25%. Holy smokes. So they're out of control. And yet we're worse. U.S. is worse than these numbers. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, a little later, in March 2014, the World Health Organization opened a public consultation on this draft, more than 170 comments were received from different governments, um, and this included making changes to nutritional labeling of food products, restricting, this is the one that they should have done, restricting marketing to children mm-hmm. of food and non-alcoholic drinks that are high in free sugars. Okay. Nine years ago. That's crazy. Nine years ago. It was a problem. They knew that they were targeting the kids. And it's and they, like you're... And their recommendation to the entire world was stop marketing to kids with your non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah. Guess, wow. That's guess, pretty powerful. Guess who opposed this report? Who? Pepsi. Really? Coke, Nestle. Of course. And from everything I'm able to find, when this report came out, those two... those. Two industries, soda and candy, their lobbyists went to our government and said, if this report is released, it will kill our industries. So, so our- instead, let's kill the people instead of our industry. Again, wealth over health. Yep. So with enough pressure from the lobbyists, our government went to the World Health Organization and said, if you release that report, we'll pull your funding. Wow, really? 
this report, I just brought it to you. It's, it's nine years old. Wow. We could have made changes almost 10 years ago. We yeah. did not. And now one in 10 in the world have type 2 diabetes. That's frustrating. It's very frustrating. I mean, I'm getting pissed off just reading it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, That's it's, very frustrating. When well, I knew this report existed. I hate that they use money as a thing. Like, we'll pull your funding if you release that. Like, you shouldn't have control over what gets released with things like that. This it is, sucks that money this is has such valuable data. It is. It's and when you when it's a don't release it or we're going to quit your funding. It's like now you're also choosing your wealth over our health. That's we're talking, frustrating. We're talking about it at a national level. Yeah. And again, our government has lots of bun, budgets and lots of places we put money in, and we put money into foreign countries. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we put money into the World Health Organization. We said, we're going to support you mm-hmm. monetarily to help the wealth, the health of the entire world. Right. And but they just came to us with a report that says, well, here's the reality, guys. Our organization has data to prove to you that the entire world is getting obese and we need to cut back sugar. And our government said, yeah, not important. That, not important. And if you release it, we're not going to fund you anymore. That's very frustrating. <laughs> Very. Even Lucy's mad right now. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my shocking information for you today. That's pretty shocking. That's pretty frustrating. Very frustrating. That's, I almost feel like this episode needs to be titled <laughs> Wealth Over Health. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did title one other one. We that, did. That's what I was. Well, this is Wealth Over Health Part 2. Yes. <laughs> that is frustrating. It is very frustrating. That's, that's so do better, you guys. Do better on your own and cut out that sugar where you can. I'm back in full swing with getting that sugar far, far, far away. But well, like you say, it's hidden. So it's like it's, I it, did. You, you have to actually take the time to start looking at labels because mm-hmm. it's hidden inside yeah. there. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I'm excited that one of the things we're going to launch in cancer starting the first of next year, and we have a couple of young people that have volunteered to do this. They're both in their early to mid-20s. And we're going to do a little one and two minute clips on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and it's going to be called No Better, mm-hmm. Do Better. I love it. No Better, be Do Better. Quick little clips yeah. uh, on some of this hidden stuff that you didn't know about. Yeah. So, Alex and Jay, if you're listening, we're excited for your stuff to come. Woohoo, Alex and Jay. <laughs> it's going to be called That's No awesome. Better, Do Better. Alex and Jay. That's I love the it. Name of the show. That's awesome. Because we just, we just, we need to tell people that you don't even know it's there. You don't. And, and and hopefully we can expose that it is there. Mm-hmm. And if you know better, do better. Mm-hmm. We can't take down the bigger forces. No, obviously not. But we can not. make middle changes, little changes in our communities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, within our little community. Yep. You okay. Really, you want a good story? I love good you, you stories. You like the good stories, I right? do. I do. This is, this is actually an amazing occurrence that brought me this story. It was kind of an eye-opener for me. There is a gentleman in this community that many people will know his name. His name is Griff Lindell. Okay. He was the dean of business out at Corbin for a number of years. Okay. Anyone that knows him is a very respected gentleman. I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times at a networking group. You know, felt a little intimidated once I knew who he was. Right. You know? <laughs> like, oh, whoop. The reality is if you're going to Corbin to get a, a master's in business – you have to run your project past Griff, or you did. Oh, okay. Because he was the dean of business. Right. So the guy knows business super well. Mm-hmm. I remember exactly where I was sitting in August of 2019 when my phone rang, and it was Griff. Okay. 
And he said, Baron, I called to tell you my wife has cancer. Oh, no. My first statement was, you know, I'm terribly sorry. And my second statement was, why did you call me? Mm-hmm. Like, you know tons of people in this town. He says, because you're the kicking cancer guy. Yeah. We need your help. That was we hum- need that your was tips. We really need your tricks. We need your information. humbling on my part yeah. to realize that Griff called me. Yeah. Right? He's the business expert and you're the kicking cancer I'm expert. Like and I'm not an expert on cancer. I'm not an oncologist. But I cared about people and he knew that. And we were eight months into kicking cancer. Okay. Because we launched in January. Now we're into August. Okay. And then he kind of went quiet for a while. Because his wife, Margaret Ann, was in the fight. Yeah. But she got the phrase, and Mary Ann referenced it a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. She got the phrase that everybody wants to hear. No evidence of disease. Oh, I love it. Okay. So I thought I would read you a little bit of what you wrote. Yeah, absolutely. And I I can't – Griff is a really good writer, Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to try to read what I can. Okay. Because uh, I can tell you her story, but he tells it so well. Right. Um, so he sent us this story. It was um, early of 2020. But he says this cancer journey began in a casual way on July the 15th, 2019. That's intriguing. The cancer began July the 15th. He called me two weeks later. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you call me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so July the 15th. Uh, with a comment Margaret Ann made while Griff was visiting his primary care doctor. Within six weeks of that comment, Margaret Ann experienced the compassionate care of a group of physicians and surgeons, and we truly saw the work of God's mercy and blessing in her life. This group of medical physicians demonstrated the spirit of the Great Plains bison. And I love his comparison here. The American buffalo. Okay. The Great Plains bison. Okay. In fact, the title of this article is called The Buffalo Attitude. Okay. I love it. He says, the, the bison, the buffalo that we know of, they respond to horrific plain storms by charging directly into the storm. Really? Unlike cattle who run away from the storm. Mm-hmm. But the buffalo attitude by running at the storm minimizes the amount of exposure, discomfort, and damage. Okay. So when the Great Plains, North Dakota, that whole area of the United States, when those big storms would hit, the cattle would scatter Mm -hmm. and the tornadoes and whatnot would grab the cows. And you see movies where cows are flying. Right, right. right. Except the bison would run right at the storm. And that pack of bison in a group would stop the storm from picking them up. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Isn't that amazing? That is, actually. So that's How clever. Isn't that crazy that the... Because if you think about this tornado spinning, mm-hmm. and you've got this one cow by itself, and the tornado grabs a cow and picks it up. Right. But if you have... A herd. A herd. And, and I have heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have heard that at, at the peak of the Great Plains, that as the, um, the pioneers are coming across, mm-hmm. that they would stop their wagon trains, and it would take an hour... For the bison to get past them. That's how many buffalo oh, we wow. had out there at that time. That's crazy. Uh, an That's an hour <laughs> for the buffalo to get past them so they could keep the wagon train going. Wow. It was a lot of bison. Yeah. So let's say there's a thousand bison in this massive herd. When the storms hit, the bison run directly at the storm. And it's that's 
really smart. Yeah. Actually. That's why they're not clever animals. Yeah. So that was the attitude that Margaret Ann took into her fight with cancer. Okay. Okay. On August the 4th, 2019, they celebrated their 51st wedding anniversary with no thought of what lay ahead over the next several weeks. Right. On August the 15th, Margaret Ann was in surgery for over six hours in the hospital for eight days. Wow. After six rounds of chemotherapy, the diagnosis of NED, no evidence of disease. Yes. That was the good news. The other news was that between chemotherapy rounds five and six, she was back in the hospital for debilitating back pain and a diagnosis of L3, 4, L4, 5, which is bones in your back. Mm-hmm. Um, facing the storm of the cancer surgery, effects of chemostenosis, which is what was going on in her back, then the chemotoxicity, that chemo fog we've talked about, right. has taught this simple optimism. Wishful thinking, running away, avoiding dangers, and pretending the storm is not there doesn't work. Uh, not at all. Storms must be met head on with prayer, persistence, and patience. Mm-hmm. Storms often provide opportunity for those in the storm to tap their resources they may not have utilized previously. Because of the cancer diagnosis, our daughter has emerged as a compassionate and gifted writer. Okay. Uh, taking over the responsibility of updating the Caring Bridge page for Margaret Ann. It's an online app where you can people can check up on you. Okay, that's awesome. The daughter-in-law accepts the responsibility of delivering the blood clot prevention shots the first week Mary Ann was home. Okay. Which couldn't have been a whole lot of fun. No. Right? No. Griff, which is her husband, also learned to give shots and began his journey as caregiver. Our two sons, Paul and Rich, and Margaret Ann's two brothers have become phone uh, encouragers and supporters. Their love poured out, helped her keep focus on some goals. Mm-hmm. The first goal was to see her grandson born February the 11th. And did she? The second goal was to see her other grandson graduate from high school. Now, this is February. Okay. Because of her faith and focus, both goals were achieved. Yes. Even during the pandemic. Oh, I love that. Makes me so happy. I think having a strong support system like she did, it sounds like she had an amazing support system and was able to take the storm on head first. That's absolutely amazing. And it's so important. Well, the listeners can't see this, but if you go to kicking-cancer.org, mm-hmm. click the stories tab, there's a search engine, put in Margaret... And then look for the one that says the Buffalo Attitude, and you will see her picture. Oh, I see it now. I'm looking at this picture, and she's just got a beautiful smile. I love that you put pictures on your stories because it's really nice to put a face to the story about who you're reading about. And so, yes, you guys, we are on radio, so unfortunately you can't see. But like he said, if you go to kicking-cancer.org, you will be able to see it. Margaret, oh, Margaret Ann awesome. battled through stage four ovarian cancer. And it was stage four and she beat it? Stage four That's ovarian amazing. cancer. And we've talked about how they battle ovarian cancer, right? Yeah. When Mickey was here. Mm-hmm. But she did that in her 60s. 
Wow. With the Buffalo attitude. That's impressive. That is absolutely impressive. You are an amazing woman. Yeah. And that's awesome. He was a great writer, too, with well, that story. Well, that's why I, I can't even try to recap this, because I need to read it. It was so well written. Mm-hmm. And I love his analogy about the Buffalo charging at the storm. Me, too. I like how you paused and explained that a little bit more, because it really gave a, a visual for her attitude towards cancer. Yeah. So that well, was it's a shocking thing for me, and it's happened more than once now, but somehow I became the kicking cancer guy that you call when something happens. I love it. I love it. Okay, well, you guys, we are going to end. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor for this half of our show, which is Marianne McNally, and she is with Next Home Realty Connections, and her number is 503 213 3550. Make sure to give her a call if you have any questions or want to sell or buy your next home. All right, we'll be back next Saturday as, as the, the movement, movement continues. continues.